Welcome to episode six of Unplayable. As is very often the case at the moment, things off the golf course making just as many, if not more, headlines and things on the golf course. But we'll start with the golf first. I have to say, for me, last week's golf was arguably the most enjoyable since the Open. We had the second last event of the season with the BMW Championship. Dave, cracking week of golf. Um, Patrick Cantley is a particularly boring player, but credit where it's due. Great win that was due after the incredibly consistent season he's had. Well, I think he is quite a boring player, but I don't have an issue with that when he's getting the job done. Um, and I think he alluded to that himself, that he's not seen as one of the, the bombers on tour or one of the kind of you know, sexier golfers, let's say, but, you know, he kind of has a reputation as being a tinker around the course. And I think when people were kind of faltering over the weekend, he he remained the steady hand and, and he got the job done. Um, I, when I was watching it on Sunday, I never really had any faith in Scott Stallings getting the job done. He did look, he, he hung around a lot longer than I expected him to, but he did look like the deer in the headlights. Like he looked like he was so psyched up for it. Um, and in fairness, he kind of admirably stuck around, but it always looked like Cantlay to me, to be honest. Um, he's definitely he's definitely the better player under pressure than than Schofle, who was in the final group with him. Um, I know they're, they're great friends, so I'm sure Schofle would be delighted to hear people saying that. But um, I think Cantlay certainly, <clears throat> certainly reasserted himself as one of golf's top players. Um, and he's obviously the defending champion as well. And given the fact that he will be starting this week with a two-shot lead, I certainly would not be surprised to see him holding the FedEx Cup and and all that all that cash up aloft on Sunday night. Well, it's 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 Scotty, isn't it? It's Scotty's got the two-shot lead. Oh, sorry, yeah, sorry. Scotty has the two-shot lead. Sorry, that was actually the thing. Yeah, sorry. So Showflay's put actually he missed a five footer on 18 and if he'd got that Cantley would have been uh would have been the two shot lead going in but even still given his experience and given where he's at with his game i would expect i would expect patrick Cantley to be still holding the trophy aloft on sunday night yeah um although i was looking at justin ray put up a stat and he he, he basically ran the numbers as justin ray is particularly good at doing and he said Scotty Scheffler from his leading position uh, has something like a 30% chance of winning. Um, so I don't know. We'll see. But you mentioned there the the uh, the put on the last that made all the difference. Or else Shane Lowry, Joe. I, I love Adam Scott, but he was absolutely the villain, wasn't he? Yeah, it was probably the only time I haven't rooted for Scott uh, in his pursuit of whatever he's going for. Um, he became the villain, definitely coming down the 18th there on uh, on Sunday. And he he gave us a bit of hope, uh, us Shane fans, I think. Um, he got very unlucky with that tee shot, ball above his feet and like a back right flag. So, you know, obviously ball above your feet, ball's going to go right to left to try and get it to a back left. A back right flag that's 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 a hard feat and obviously he put it into the bunker um and that was that's one of the hardest shots in golf like as we all know like that was exceptional that shot i mean he's he getting him in next week he's obviously guaranteeing himself 500 grand uh well more than that now obviously because alatoris has taken that 30th spot um mm. but yeah it's heartbreaking for shane i think uh after a good season um it's a pity not to see him now at east lake i think the field though there's 30 obviously in east lake uh this week and only two of them aren't uh winners this season and that's cam young and uh, tigala and they've obviously shown some serious uh form this year and had some serious finishes so it's unlucky but it's also you know a reflection of not getting it over the line 
uh, the, the couple of times that he had the the chance. Um, but going back to Cantley as well, that stroke of luck on, on uh, 17, wasn't it? Uh, when he hit the back of the bunker. Um, I don't know if you saw that off the tee shot. I think he was, he was all sailing up the up the right side and it was, you know, by all accounts going to get plugged in the rough or in the bunker. And it just, it must hit this hard patch at the back of the bunker and just catapulted it about 40 yards up the fairway. Um, and then he was left with a flick in. Of course, he knocked it in to almost hold the shot and and, uh, and made the birdie on 17. That was the, that made all the difference, I suppose. Stallings couldn't, uh, couldn't uh, match it at 18. Um, but yeah, Cantley is, his form is ominous. I think, you know, he's the first man to defend a FedEx event, a, a playoffs, playoffs event. And I definitely wouldn't be surprised to see him go and, uh, and defend the second one this week. Obviously, he's uh, he's 2021 champion at the Tour Championship as well. Yeah, 100%. Um, but Dave, going back on Lowry, has had an incredible season. Obviously, missing a win. But he'll definitely be kicking himself at missing this opportunity not to get into East Lake. Oh, one hundred percent. I think he uh, he actually tweeted there yesterday that his punishment for missing East Lake was having to go furniture shopping with Wendy. And uh, I, for one, think he one hundred percent deserves his punishment. Um, we've spoken endlessly on this pod about Larry's good form over the summer and how he hasn't been cashing in. And while you could say it's unlucky and obviously the nature of the FedEx Cup and the way it's set up is that you're always going to have an Adam Scott moment for whoever comes 31st. Um, so it's going to feel like, you know, Larry's bogey on 17 cost him or, or Scott's brilliant par in the last cost him. But in reality, it's a lot of smaller missed opportunities over the season that's cost Larry. I think we've all said that for the caliber of the player that he's become or perhaps we've like we would like him to become he should be cashing in on, on some of these performances and getting wins and like yes he was quite unlucky at the honda with the the squall coming in on the last hole and, and sep straka getting over the line but <clears throat> he should have won the heritage that was that yeah. was all he's been doing and um, there were other various events over the years where he finished two or three shots behind and he had a couple of double bogeys trolling the card over the week, which you just can't get away with at this level. So as harsh as it might be to say, I think Larry is known to blame but himself for finishing 31st. And I think really and truly a FedEx Cup appearance, a top 30 uh, a tour championship should be the minimum that's expected of him at this point in his career. Yeah, I, I agree. It's kind of mad how he's never made it to East Lake, considering he's been consistently in the top 30 probably in the world the last few years anyway um another irish boy joe seamus power obviously didn't happen for him last week i think he finished like plus six or something for the week um but he has really found the top of the game the last couple of years hasn't he and um, getting into the the second last playoff event has to count as a, a successful season for him. Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, he's probably quieting down a bit over the last uh, couple of weeks of the summer. Um, had a really consistent run. Like, obviously, we know in the majors, um, he had a, re a couple of really good finishes. And, you know, it wasn't that long ago that we were, when he was having these good finishes, that we were saying, oh, that'll get him into, you know, the Masters next year. That'll get him into the PGA next year. But, you know he's he's cementing his place there um at the top of the game and uh for a guy who's i don't know mid to late 30s at this stage like he's it must be very sweet from given uh, the difficulties he's gone through get trying to get himself to this level and um, he obviously got his first win last year and so no i think i think the future is bright getting into the the top 70 for the year is 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 brilliant um, and i think at the start of the year if you had told him that he would have he would have snatched your hand off first yeah 100 percent um dave your boy trey mullinax gave you a run for your money with with uh, a t12 finish that was that was the real heartbreak of the week for me um mullinax with a late bogey costing himself the the top 10 at 100 to 1 but yeah it's not often you get a, it's not often you get a run for your money at 100 to 1 so uh can't have any major complaints he had a slow start to the week but he came into it and i think he 
you know, all joking aside, he's definitely one to watch. I mean, he, you see, he's uh, he's very pally with Justin Thomas, and and a lot of the time, these young Americans seem to drive each other along. And he's clearly had a really good finish to the season, and um, so I wouldn't be one bit surprised to see Mullinax featuring in uh, in the seasons to come. I mean, he seems to have the game for it. He, as we mentioned last week, he has his distance off the tee, and and uh, he he also has a seems to have a really good short game and uh, a good putter. So. I think uh, it won't be the last time I'm, I'm sticking a, a few quid each way on, on Mullinax in the future. Yeah, I didn't realise he was pals with, with Justin Thomas. Um, yeah, they're both, they're both Alabama boys uh, from college, so he's kind of the, a similar similar vintage to those kind of lads, so obviously a slightly, slightly late developer compared to the likes of Thomas. But, um, yeah, no, they do seem to drive each other along, these lads. Um and they do seem to, you know, travel together and practice together and stuff. So, uh, hopefully, he goes down the route of a of a Justin Thomas and not a Smiley Kaufman, who's another big buddy of those lads who's now uh, strolling the fairways with a microphone instead of a seven iron. Well, yeah. Speaking of Smiley Kaufman, um, for anyone who wasn't aware, the well, firstly, about Smiley Kaufman, um, he was good pals with the likes of Justin Thomas and. And speed and and Ricky Fowler wasn't he? They yeah, did yeah. that uh, spring break trip a few years ago that I think went viral. But yeah, a few years ago was it twenty sixteen? I think it was the year Danny Willett won the Masters. Smiley Kaufman was in the last group of that Masters, and he's just his career has fallen off a cliff. It was actually um, you bring up the the US Amateur Dave, where Smiley Kaufman was. Um, he he was doing on course commentary, which was very interesting to see. But I was I was taking a look at some of Kylie, Smiley Kaufman's recent finish finishes. And like poor guy can't break eighty the last few years. Um, but speaking of the U.S. Amateur, which was on in Ridgewood in New Jersey, the uh, number three ranked amateur in the world, Sam Bennett, beat Ben Carr in the final. Now, I know this isn't mainstream viewing for a lot of people, uh, and many people wouldn't be aware of who the top amateurs in the world are, but it was a cracking watch. Um, for context, both the winner and runner-up get into next year's US Open, and the winner, Sam Bennett, will get into the Open, and he'll get an invite to the Masters too next year. Not sure about the runner-up. Um, but what a prize to get into three of the four majors. Um, it was a serious watch. Went to the 36th hole. Um, for context on the, the US amateur as a whole, so it's 7,700 amateurs attempt to qualify. 312 get into the tournament. Mark Power was the only Irish guy involved. He came ninth in the 36th hole qualifying. So that's some perspective of his standing in the amateur game right now. He got knocked out in the first round of the match play, but I suppose it's, it's a bit of a sprint. It's like a a cup run in, in football um certainly exciting but possibly not the fairest test of, of the best player but joe as we've mentioned a few times you've carried on a, a us am amateur it's a it's a pretty huge tournament yeah yeah i think we're going to bring it up every week at this rate um but uh yeah so it's it's what 300 and something people in the field at the start of the week uh and only 64 get through but yeah you can you can be pretty sure that in a us like this year's us amateur 2022 in 2027 you'll probably have like 10 of these guys will be will be names will know well uh, on tour it's the you know it's the feeder for 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 them um but uh, yeah, I watched. I watched a bit of it. Didn't catch all of it. And um, I think it was a pity, obviously, that it clashed with the uh, with FedEx uh, Sunday um, event. The um, uh, with with Cantley and 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 Schofle going at it. But um, yeah, it's, Sam Bennett seems like an interesting character. I think um, he had he made a comment um, after one of his matches that you know that I think the quote was "They're great players, uh, but I'm a better player." So yeah. Had, um, Definitely has the confidence uh, to go with it, and a couple of club twirls thrown in there as well. Um, but uh, no, going to the thirty-sixth hole of any of any matches uh, shows shows serious quality. I think um, Ben kind of handed uh, Carr a couple of holes coming in there. Um, but what a prize! 
I mean, three majors next year. But for Carts, you know, it stomachs the blow that he gets to play in uh, in a couple of majors himself as well. And so, yeah, no, great, great view and always worth the watch, I think. And he beat um, Sam Bennett beat that guy, Stuart Hagestead, mm. um, in one of the rounds. He f- he was the low arm, I think, the Masters at least once. I think he's featured in a couple of other majors as well. So um, he's he, he took down a couple of the big names, definitely. Yeah, he'll be a name to look out for over the next few years. Um, so before we discuss the week ahead from a golf perspective, I think, boys, we have to address the elephant in the room. As always, there's plenty happening off the course right now. Um, to say the world of golf has undergone changes in 2022 would be an understatement. So before we get stuck into into the announcement yesterday from the, the PGA Tour, so like this year started pretty much the same as any other year. Now, as we close in on the end of the official PGA Tour season this week, um, it's quite clear that significant changes are coming. So yesterday, the PGA Tour announced what was probably the biggest changes or upgrades since the introduction of the FedEx Cup 16 years ago. Before we get into the specifics, I think it's worth setting some context and reminding ourselves as, as to where this has all come about. So the... Live launched with their first event in June, held in the UK. As most of us know, that the Live events held until now have featured some of the big stars in the game, like Mickelson, Dustin Johnson, Bryson DeChambeau, to name a few, and then a few of the lesser players and uh, that are, quite frankly, not the stars of the game. But anyway, more names are to follow uh, to Live with the likes of uh, world number two, Cam Smith, and others likely to join following the conclusion of the FedEx Cup this week. Up until now, the PGA Tour has tried fighting back by just belittling Liv, calling it an exhibition, which is its own debate. But bottom line is, top stars of the game are leaving, so something had to be done. Now, last week, a small group of 23 of the top players in the PGA Tour met to discuss a course of action that meeting, by all accounts, seems to have been led by Tiger. We know both Rory and Shane uh, were Shane Larry were in the room. Now, at first, what was discussed in that room was kept private until yesterday, where the PGA Tour announced significant changes that will kick in from 2023 onwards. Now, the summary of these changes are as follows. So, top players will commit to at least 20 uh, a 20 event PGA Tour schedule. Each will each event will carry purses of at least 20 million per event. So it's basically uh, like a World Golf Championship type event every two weeks throughout the golfing season from January to August. Some, not all of these events will ha- will have no cuts. Um, the Player Impact Program or PIP is expanding to award 100 million to 20 players who resonate with fans and the media, up from 50 million to 10 players this year. <clears throat> and there's a guaranteed earnings of 500K per player. Now, this is to give some security to the guys that won't be involved in the very top events. Um, also, it's worth noting if a player misses a cut next season, they get a guaranteed five grand to cover their expenses for the week. Joe, a uh, 20 event schedule, no cuts in a lot of events. Big money for the big dogs. Seems awfully similar to what Mr. Norman has put together with his Saudi mates. Yeah, it definitely has that has that sense uh, that it's that it's reactive. Um, but from from some of the details, and obviously, you know, it's kind of hot off the press uh, this information. So we're all trying to digest a lot of it. But I think. There's definitely winners here, like obviously the players, um, but the fans. Uh, I think I I think we're winners anyway for the moment. Like if if we're getting the top guys together more often, that that's only a positive thing. We'll see how that plays out throughout the season. It's um, it's an interesting one because 
we look forward to the majors and the players and there's a couple other events we can pick out there specifically for the reason that we know all the guys are going to be competing together will will it dilute it down i don't think so for for people like us i don't think it will so i think i think it's only it's it's only a positive um and we touched on it last week there just regarding the uh the expenses i suppose for for some of the guys at the lower the lower level um and that's a good introduction getting you know for the corn ferry tour guys the guys are between 125 mm. and 150 on the fedex they now have a bit of um bit of a sort of buffer to work with and um you know it it, it, it leaves a platform there for uh, for them to to kick on and i think the, the other thing to come that that you have to bear in mind is like the, the guy these guys are, are are so hungry like they're not going to settle for their you know 5k is mm. cut fee that's not going to you know dampen their motivation at all they're they, these guys are all trying to be the best in the world so it's just given more access more um you know opportunity to, to certain guys and yeah like I, i'm eager definitely to see how this how this how this plays out there's there's a lot to unpack here but um I think from those aspects, I think it's a positive, positive change. Yeah, well, Dave, I mean, clearly there's going to be a split on the PGA Tour now. You're going to have these top players where the rich just get richer, but then you're going to have these lesser players. Um, this safety net of sorts of a of 500K, um, what, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I suppose you can only see the positive from the player's perspective. I mean, it's probably something that's possibly needed for people who are coming up in the game, but I'm not sure, like, does it serve as sort of a semi-retirement package for the likes of players that are kind of falling downwards in the rankings rather than going upwards? I mean, I don't know. I think, I think the key difference between this and the live stuff for me at the moment is it still is a meritocracy. You still have to earn that money. You still have to earn your way into into the top events. And I suppose that does serve as a motivation for players. I mean, we did say last week, I think I said last week that, um, you know, you can't really feel sorry for these guys. They're playing professional golf. Will it kind of dilute the competitiveness of it? But I suppose they are trying to put that mechanism in there that, you know, there is still an incentive to keep going. And as Joe said, like the the 5k kind of <clears throat> miscut isn't going to incentivize them too much and i think the 500k as far as i understand it is is a a forward on on future earnings so i suppose mm. it's just kind of putting them in a position where at the start of the season they're comfortable they're comfortable with their schedule they know where they're going and they don't have to worry about you know what motel they're going to be staying in for some of these small guys you know driving from event to event um so it is an interesting one i suppose it kind of will as joe said it is kind of hot off the press and it will need to be to be fleshed out a little bit but i think the key thing for me in terms of a difference to live i mean you, you could absolutely say it's reactionary because it is but the, the the fact that it will remain a meritocracy for me it doesn't have the same doesn't have the same kind of shallow kind of plastic feel to it i guess Mm. yeah it doesn't it doesn't based on the fact that as you say there is that level of competition or the meritocracy where you have to qualify but certainly it seems like they've just copy and pasted the business plan and i don't i don't think they've copy and pasted the business plan i mean i think they have certainly realized that live is not going to go away in the short to medium term and they realized that something needed to be done about it. And I think McElroy said, like, people who leave the PJ Tour need to start making informed decisions. So I think it will certainly keep anyone who might be on, let's call it the bubble. So, like, we're all expecting next week the likes of Cam Smith to jump to live. I did see a story earlier in the week that Matsuyama now might be remaining on the PJ Tour. So it's it's up for debate it's it's pure speculation but who's to say that matsuyama for example didn't like what he heard in that players meeting last week and said you know what i'm actually going to stay at the pj tour for next season and see how this plays out 
And then the other side of it as well, and, and again, this is this is quoting McElroy. He was saying when he turns on NFL, he expects to see Tom Brady quarterback in the Tampa Bay Bucks. When he turns on F1, he expects to see Lewis Hamilton in a in a in an F1 car. I think it will only serve as a positive, certainly for the casual golf fan, to know that this is the way the season's gonna pan out and that like let's let's take it, it it's 20 events let's take the majors out of that obviously the majors are the majors the players is the players it's it's kind of those 12 to 15 events where you we're, we're kind of losing dave there but i think the, the point you're making dave is that some of the events will just be unchanged as in like the four majors will stick around and the players will stick around and it'll be just those few elevated events that we get all the big names together and um, cooper Tiger and Rory seem to be the the driving forces behind this change. Um, Tiger was described as being the alpha in the room, as you can well imagine in that players' meeting. Um, why why is Tiger Woods even involved in this? Um, <clears throat> I think it's like um, back when. Uh, it's a very similar scenario to when the PGA Tour was under threat before in the early 2000s i think and i think it was norman again just putting up the idea of this competitive tour and again using all the same words to describe the pga tour in terms of this monopoly on golf and um he was called uh, uh or tiger was called out specifically by arnie uh, by arnold palmer in kind of the in the meetings back then when he was really kind of the world number one for a stupid amount of weeks in a row and he said, you guys are here to protect golf. And I think that really resonated with Tiger in terms of, right, like, I this is kind of my mantle now to take over as the father of the of the group. Um, and he, he is, he's, he's doing it very well. Like, he's he's the one they all, he's the one a lot of the guys in the room would have actually gotten into golf for um, to follow him and to to just, I guess, really be the, the 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 shining light um for all these young lads who literally grew up watching him and grew up playing golf thinking they were him sinking and putting the masters so even though he's not uh, like well i'll say he's not as competitive at the moment he'll be back because i always believe in him but uh even if he's not competitive in golf he's still uh he still has that aura about him and he still commands respect in the room and it's why Liv offered him around a billion quid because they understand the the weight that that he carries with them. Um, so, yeah, I think he's 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 a cornerstone in the PGA Tour's defense of kind of uh, the, the 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 norm of golf or the the, the standards of golf that we're used to. Um, I don't uh, I, I don't really know what the crack is with his um, with his uh, Rory McIlroy partnership though um i can't remember the exact phrase but like stadium um monday night league golf uh, mm. i think they, i think they're obviously just going to jump around to a big stadium near where the um near where the pga tour uh, visits that week and um do some sort of a top golf league thing um it looks absolute shite and <laughs> <laughs> it's like top golf did try this they did uh something similar like three v3 teams and i think it maybe a hundred grand cash but it was for pros who were like it was for pro golfers not not like elite pga tour players but like pga pros and yeah it was just incredibly cringy and i don't understand i think it's going to be the exact same but if you watch the promo video for that <laughs> it is like carbon copy from like a live promo event it's it's like it's just a middle finger i think I, I just think it's just a big joke to kind of just uh give another one back to the to the shark um but yeah it's i think i i i just having regardless of whatever him and rory are at uh tiger in the room is 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 as you said con like mac rory said it last week about being an alpha like he knows that he's not the, the most important guy in the room and like he doesn't care uh him and jt are obviously the probably the, the the main champions in form or kind of at the moment as far as competitiveness goes in the bj tour but tiger will always be the man i don't know i'm actually a lot more cynical about it um i think i if i look at tiger 
well, there's a couple of things. Num- number one, what does Tiger Woods care about? Like, Tiger Woods cares about himself and cares about his reputation. So, okay, it's it's a pretty easy sell for him to say that he's the big brother of all these guys and he's he's, like, doing this for the greater good of the world and the tour. Like, Tiger Woods wants to protect his reputation. Like, t- he said... Like, when you think of Tiger Woods, you think of the numbers, you think 15 majors, and you think, whatever, 80-odd PGA Tour victories. If that suddenly gets diluted by something else and Liv comes along, then his PGA Tour victory count, like, does it get diminished? The other point uh, that I would be slightly cynical about is, Cooper, you shared that article, the Alan Shipnook article from the Fire Pit Collective. And that's actually that. That's I'm sorry, I meant to say that as well. Like you, you really, you, I, I guess it's a testament to, I guess that what some of the changes the PGA Tour have made. Um, when you have Alan, Alan Shipnuck saying that Phil was right. Um, so I, like obviously someone had to go through the glass and get bloody to 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 kind of affect change on, I guess uh, an old kind of slow moving institution, but um yeah i i don't really like i like the i like the changes in terms of the the main events um and whatever the the majors players and the four others but i still i'm still i don't think they're they're addressing the problem properly um i i still think they're just throwing money at it um everything from kind of getting rid of a non-profit entity to to just increasing purses um like the, the 500 grand base net is good for probably the i'd say the bottom 25 percent of pj pros like it, it every everything seems to be money orientated um, mm. and again it goes back to does the fan give a shit if they make two million or four million in a week probably not um like it's going to be class to watch hopefully scotty Scheffler pick up 18 million this week and like it's the playoffs at the end of the year, but an extra like million on a week to week basis doesn't really, if, if you're trying to look for fan engagement or excitement, that doesn't really fucking cover it. Um, yeah, I no, don't know. It's, as, yeah. as, as Rory kind of said in his press conference there, that like, although we don't care necessarily as the fan about that extra million or two million or whatever it is, basis what it means by getting these 20 like the top players in the game committed to these events is because it becomes easier to sell tickets and it becomes easier to attract sponsors for those events oh, no, totally, totally get that but like they they should just like uh, i i don't think players as a as a season overall maybe if they're kind of i guess committing to it and there there's perks to it but like i don't think say it was say the scottish open i think has been touted as one of the potential ones that's added to that list which would be amazing don't think if they increase the purse by a million it's going to change anyone's kind of decision to go there they're going to go there anyway because open is on the next week like it's not a money uh decision pushing them towards it uh there might be some examples i'm not too sure like the waste management is normally a good attended event but like if there's an extra million on 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 offer will that make lads who normally take their holidays that week playing instead i i just don't know um yeah i just don't i don't like the money being the 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 great solver here and at the same time they're raising the corn ferry entrance fee like it's mm. it just it it's it's a bit backwards to me and uh sure in in king j we trust mm. joe um if you feel mixing right now what are you thinking yeah, like you made reference to a couple of people saying Phil was right. Um, I think all of that is tongue in cheek. I think it's almost a uh, slap in the face to uh, to Phil. Like if you had stayed here, look what you could have got, and now and look what you put up with um, subsequently. But yeah, I think what's quite interesting is how long have some of the loyal players known about this how long have they known this was in the works and you know was it a driving force and keeping them keeping them there i know obviously they had the players meeting last week but i wonder if um if this this had been this been going around for a while but 
Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting one. I think the PIP is also very interesting. They've obviously expanded that from the the ten to the twenty, um, and then the the the, the Tiger apparently because you have to have played a minimum of fifteen events. So Tiger, Tiger won't be able to win the PIP next year like he just was able to win it last year because he uh, you have to have played a minimum of events. But sorry, go on. No, I was just—I was actually just going to say as well because if it, it's probably a good thing that uh, that Tiger can't because the 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 PIP criteria, I think the new criteria is uh, internet searches, general awareness, golf fan awareness, media mentions, broadcast exposure. He takes it absolutely every single box and like pass, like you know, beats everyone flying flying colors. So you know, we'd have Tiger winning this until he's ninety years old if uh, <laughs> if, if if there was no minimum events. Um, so. I think that's positive. I think the the twenty. I think is it the top twenty on the pip automatically get into all of the elevated events. So that'll be interesting to see how that plays out because mm-hmm. that could be that could be a weird one if someone's playing terrible golf but they're still getting into all the top events. And I definitely take issue with that. And um, yeah, strange one, isn't it? Like you just you get in if you're just like making noise. Well, he's, he's actually, to be fair to him, playing decent now. But the first one that pops into your head there is Ricky Fowler. Like, mm-hmm. as in, just there because they're popular. It's a, yeah, it's a weird dynamic. Dave, um, the, uh, although the Phil Mickelson angle, he's not going to, he wouldn't necessarily benefit from this anyway. Oh, it's last day. Um, but what I was going to say is Phil Mickelson wouldn't necessarily benefit from this anyway because he's not going to be the one who's going to be doing particularly well on tour but if i'm abe answer or if i'm bryson dechambeau even dustin johnson i'd say those are the boys that are slightly themselves i'd say the fuming like it's it well there it's always that thing like as in to to to, for for proper change to happen, there has to be some sort of kind of compelling event, and like this was a a fairly compelling breakaway tour. Like like this would never have happened if Live didn't exist. So as much as I hate it, like you have to take some sort of a positive um, away from away from it happening. Um, but at the same time, like. Uh, and and if if uh, if Juhong Kim or Tom Kim goes next week as part of those seven guys going, like if you if you're him and his manager and his team after hearing all these changes, like there is not a fucking chance you're gonna go. Like surely to God, twenty year old up and comer, one of the hottest products on tour really, um, or prospects for the next few years. And you're reading all these things and you're reading all these owl lads saying shite i shouldn't have gone like there's i think yeah i think uh, joe you said it there like uh, the, the guys who were at the meeting last week could have been could have been just i guess uh drawn back in to the pga tour after hearing the changes and i know there's what is it seven gone cam smith and then six other kind of i guess whatever t- outside the top 50 or whatever whoever it is but yeah, I, I would not be surprised if there's Cam Smith and three or four now after these changes. Yeah, I would say. Yeah, sorry, sorry, yeah, no, I would, I'd say Cam Smith is is raging as well. Yeah, <laughs> I, because it's it's reported that he signed that contract on the Monday before the Open, so he probably lost out on ten, twenty, probably five billion. God knows with the numbers they're trying around these days, but. Um, I'd say he's he's raging. The other thing is like it's almost it's almost as if the the Rory's and the Jordans knew that something like this was coming, and they just let you know Bryson, Patrick Reed go, and then decided right we'll 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 stick with the lads we have now because they've just got a sound bunch of lads now. Um, so yeah, no, I think I like, but I think that is the case. We're left we're left with a good, a like. The, the top 20 that are there now are you know guys that you'd watch week in week out definitely and um, but and as we said before there's only you know Avance or taylor gooch maybe one or two others who've got their best golf ahead of them 
So most of the guys who are left still have the their their best golf ahead of them of the top guys anyway, I think. Jeez, you'd be fuming if what you what you've just said is right. If you're Cam Smith signing that contract before the open and like there's no going I wonder is there no going back for something like sorry well, I was just gonna say so it's just it's job done by the BJ Tour then really. I mean you know, you can say what you like about, you know, throwing money at a problem, but maybe that's what it takes in this day and age and not just in golf. It takes that in life and in certainly in professional sports. I think I think the likes of you know, we were mentioning earlier about Mickelson, like yeah, Mickelson was right, but he went about it in the in the completely wrong way. Like so, you know, zero sympathy for for any of those guys and if if cam smith signed his contract the week of the open then my understanding is that he's locked in to live um so i think irrespective of when this came to light i think it was always going to be the case the pj tour were going to react to it and you could say that they should have done it earlier you could say that you know they should have listened to mickelson or even listened to greg norman back in the 90s but the fact is they didn't um and and these guys walked out rather than trying to stay involved like the likes of rory and jt have and and try make it better for them because i mean it ultimately the money is obviously just better for the players but it the way it will improve the fan experiences by creating these big events i suppose we, we could we could probably go on this all day and we will we'll uh, discuss it more in the weeks to come we should probably discuss the golf that's upcoming this week um fedex cup it's all about the tour championship we a reminder of the format of how this week is setting up so scotty scheffler who is ranked first going into the week he'll start at minus 10. second place will start at minus eight and it'll go all the way down to the bottom ranked players coming in at even par um cooper it's kind of hard to look outside well i would say scotty sheffer you could probably make a case for patrick Antley, as you were saying earlier dave but yeah i would say hard to look outside of scotty sheffer this week yeah well i'd say it's hard to look outside xander shifley <laughs> um no yeah no scotty it's yeah as you said he has a two-shot lead going into this now 10 under it's some people are calling for it to be changed i actually like it as in some sort of an incentive to like as in last week if you weren't winning the tournament you were still fighting for an extra shot this week i i i like that 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 idea of it um i guess of the the finals um but no um yeah it's 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 always amazing um east lake like the the one shot that i always come back to when i think about kind of how tough the course is is um mcelroy's uh top into the lake i think is on the back nine somewhere and just a straight up like absolute chunk um to um to, to show that these guys actually do feel pressure when there's a, a a proper book load of cash on the line um but no i just uh like i think i think scotty will go and win it um he's just been super consistent all year um he i'd say the the odds are awful because of the handicap start as well um and i probably wouldn't have him to win the tournament um i'd say he'll he'll potter along he'll get a top five he'll he'll beat the field by um maybe two shots um canley is definitely a danger um after last week his putting has just been absolutely outrageous um i think he's uh, uh there was some weird stats on canley actually um I, I think it was throughout the year and not just the playoffs even though he hasn't really been doing a whole lot all year round bar winning doubles events and 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 showing up at the right time of the year but he he's something like the sixth most aggressive player on par fives so his driving accuracy is kind of in the mid uh, mid 40s um on tour but he is one of the most aggressive guys on par fives so i think he's sixth in in terms of actually going for par fives and two and he's also number one in put approach which is essentially lag putting um so in terms of attacking a course and being fairly aggressive um he's someone that you want to be on the right side of and he's going to have to go for it this week to 
to to overcome the handicap. Um, but I just think that Xander is. I've I think I've maybe talked about him once or twice during the year. Uh, I absolutely love him, the Olympic champion, and he um, he he loves it around here. Uh, he's never shot an overpower round. Uh, I think his average scoring is about sixty-seven here. So if he fires four sixty-seven, he's definitely going to be right around there. Um, but yeah, uh, I, Scotty will probably win the tournament, win the FedEx Cup. But I'd be back in Xander to win the actual. Um, yeah, I I would agree now with Xander. I think it's very difficult to look past Cantley and and uh, and Scheffler. But Xander's record here is is phenomenal. He won here obviously for I think his first title in 2017, and then he had the lowest score in 2020. But just by virtue of the fact that he started too far behind, he finished second to to DJ that year. Um, and he's coming in obviously three wins now this season. And um, what was a top five last week? So I think he is definitely a danger man. It's hard to look past those top three. I think it's pity Zalatoris. Obviously, it's a pity, but he was obviously minus seven and um, starting the week, so he would have been he would have been a good character. And arguably, out of those kind of three other lads we've mentioned, Zalatoris is probably the most exciting to watch. I mean, Schofle, Scheffler, and and Cantley are you know they're ballers, they're incredible, but they don't I don't know they 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 don't create too much excitement. I think I think their their golf quality is exceptional, but like for the for the back to back playoff wins last year, Cantley it was just robotic, um, and lo- like a lot of the time he wins. But I think Sal Torres is he uh, he puts a bit more uh, with that putting stroke. He creates a bit more <laughs> uncertainty, uh, I suppose. Um, but yeah, it's it's uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting week. I think it is those top three. You never know. I think. Billy Horschel's the man to jump the highest in this event. He jumped from 29th to 9th uh, a couple of years ago in it. So it is hard to uh, to, to jump spots. But if someone like Sam Burns or Rory gets hot, you never know. I will just say as well, just fucking um, the, the, the absolute cringe worthiness of uh, Patrick Candley's win last week and the, the resurgence of Patty Ice. I just wish that name would go and die a slow death. Dave, was, uh, is it not fair to say that Rory kind of has them where he wants them? I mean, he's he's six shots behind starting, is he? <laughs> is that not exactly where McElroy ha- wants them? Um, he's he's kind of he he doesn't even have to play you know poorly to start the week to give them the head start. He just that's just generically there for him, and now he can go and shoot the lights out. I mean, I think I think. As I said already, I think it's very hard to look past Cantlay for the FedEx Cup. But I think if there's, which I assume there is a betting without the handicap market, I think Rory McIlroy is your man. Uh, I would firmly think that, you know, starting off as a, a scratch start or a level power start, Rory, Rory's the man you got to go to here. And also just on, on Xander being the Olympic champion, Cooper, are, are you working for the same PR firm as Justin Rose? I mean, that that's a that's that's a, a line straight out of the Zika champs uh, playbook oh, yeah. right there. I, I, I panicked. I meant to say the JP McManus Pro am uh, <laughs> uh the, the Zika champ is not around this week, thank God. <laughs> Dave though, speaking of Rory, see who he's playing with the first uh, first day anyway. And Selvin Cam Smith. Yeah, it might be it might be an interesting stroll around East Lake for the two lads. Um, particularly given uh given what's gone on the last uh, the last week or so. Um I wonder how Cam Smith Cam Smith's hips doing. I'm sure Rory might ask him that on the first tee just to make sure he's doing okay. Um, um but I, I, I would imagine I would imagine Rory's gonna be doing a lot of looking at the back of a uh, back of a mullet all week, walking or, or all day walking in front of him. I'm not sure there will be too much uh, niceties on the go. Just uh, while we're uh, just talking about the McElroy and I guess the him not having to shag up round one on his own. Um, yeah, the bookies agreed to Dave McElroy is seven to one uh, just to win the seventy-two holes at the handicap. Uh, John Ram eight, Patrick Cantley ten, Xander Shoufley ten, Scotty Scheffler eleven, JT fourteen, and Cam Smith fourteen. Bar the rest. Yeah, I think I think you're uh, I think you're just printing money. Back in back in Rory at seven to one there. Just Jesus. 
can we can we have is that a nap of the week or a nap of the month do we that, how do we add that into the leaderboard calculations oh absolutely i mean rory it's just it's all set up for him i mean the only way that this could be more the only way that this couldn't be set up for him is if leona mcguire was in the tournament and she got to start <laughs> six shots behind as well <laughs> Yeah. Um, who, who is your actual money on, Dave? No, genuinely, my money without the handicap is on Rory, and my money for the FedEx Cup is Cantley. I I can't see past Cantley here. I really you, can't even. I th- I think that's a big statement, though. Like I I, I would say Scheffler uh, has a far better chance than than Cantley. I don't see two shots being that big a deal over the course of 72 holes, to be honest. And also, Scheffler, while he's been obviously ultra consistent all season, he hasn't won recently. He hasn't He hasn't actually gotten over the line uh, since the early part of the summer. Uh, Cantlay tends to hit these kind of uh, purple patches and also he's the defending champ. He's done it here at East Lake before. So I actually, I, I would, I would, like all joking aside, I wouldn't be surprised to see Rory making a run at it, but he's just starting too far behind. Uh, Shoffley obviously has a brilliant chance, but I, I can't lay is where my money's on for the FedEx Cup. Dave, let me just kind of wet your pipe there for a minute now and have a listen to this. So you think um, McIlroy's basically, his round one jitters are gone. <clears throat> He's shot, whatever, four or five over now. He's behind Scheffler. So for him to lead for tomorrow or to lead for the first round and win the overall tournament is 100 to 1. Would that, uh, would that get you excited? No, 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 because I don't want to see him actually actually shoot the four or five over. That's what I'm saying is that this is where it's in his benefit because he hasn't worked. Oh, no, that's what I mean, as in, like, it's done. It's like five-round tournaments, and he's yesterday or today is the... Yeah, no, I get, I get what you're saying, but I think that this is why he hasn't where he wants him because he's in that position where he's six shots behind, but he hasn't had to put himself there. He hasn't had, he hasn't had to shoot the four or five over yeah. to get to that position. Yeah, I think I, I think first round leader is going to be an interesting one who's really going to come out the gates and kind of try and hunt down Scheffler. Um, but no, I agree on the, the, the Cantlay stuff. He's he's just he's solid as a rock. And to be honest, this is why I actually love this format, to be honest. I think it's it's way mm. better than it's way better than the old one where like you, you you didn't know you didn't know who was jumping where. I think they've made it very uh, they're very, very straightforward, very easy to understand. And also I think it adds an element of excitement to it because like the lads who are starting on level par one under are were never winning the FedEx Cup under any iteration of it. So I think it, it really does set it up for, for a good watch. Yeah, there was a few people calling for it to be changed to match play during the week. I just don't. Like, I, I love the, the WGC, uh, the Dell. Um, but I, yeah, I think if you're, if it's a season long event with playoffs, if the kind of whatever, the 30th guy to get into this field has a chance of winning, like a realistic chance of winning. Yeah, I think I, I prefer the current format. I don't know about you guys. Oh, yeah, well, I, I completely agree. Yeah, yeah like the, like I would like to see more match play, but I think like you can't just essentially turn a season-long stroke play tournament into a match play event at the end. Well, see, the thing with the match play tournaments, though, they're they're great in the early days when you can, for like from a TV viewing perspective, like you can flick from match to match. But when it comes down to the to the final and even semi-finals, and there's little golf on it's kind of a bit of a slog to watch i used to love when it was on in arizona at the match play out in the desert that was class but since they was straight knockout wasn't it that one yeah yeah, yeah. and like um, jeff ogilvy and the boys were yeah. that was class but since they moved it to this spot is it it's in is it in texas where it's yeah, on austin. now austin yeah oh, yeah <laughs> uh, i find that a uh not as good as the old way but no to answer your question i i actually completely agree i think um the the way they've changed the format now for this uh final event is just it, it makes sense it's just so easy for the for the viewer um joe going back to your boy will zalatoris i wouldn't like to have seen him have a five footer on the 18th for 18 million dollars did you see that put last weekend oh stuff that was I, I think that was the worst I, he he almost um he almost airmailed the the put uh, or sorry he almost uh, fresh aired the fresh aired the put that was the one literally it, it, it nearly missed the toe like yeah yeah oh. yeah he, he did well to make contact with the stroke <laughs> so, do, you reckon uh, that, do you reckon that's when he did his back in 
<laughs> wouldn't be wouldn't be surprised yeah he um yeah actually on that it's pity shane didn't get that 30th uh 30th spot but he didn't uh throw him in and just throw him on seven under in uh in third yeah place, uh, spot. was there was there an official reason why he wasn't given the spot it's just top 30 only you you gotta earn it i mean as we said pj tours meritocracy Shane Larry didn't earn it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I love Shane Larry as much as anyone, but a backdoor entry because of Salator's yipping his back out on a putt is not. <laughs> no, no, I totally agree. Totally agree. Like I, I, yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not disputing. I just, I thought. Um, I know a lot of people are asking. I was wondering, was there an official kind of statement that's why I didn't get in? But yeah, that's fair. It's uh, consistently. Um, um, applied throughout like the top 125 is the same at the end of the season if someone gets injured if 123 gets injured 126 doesn't get in it's just the way they do it the only way that there was extra lads let in was because of the, uh, the live guys um, yeah. the the defectors poor pass guys didn't get his chance yeah well Will's yeah. Alatoris 500 grand like so that's that's kind of what it comes down to they cut like Will's Alatoris has earned his 500 grand for coming like last or whatever or, uh, yeah Whatever, whatever it is, yeah. Presume he will just come last. He'll get that four hundred grand. Um, begin to wrap it up, lads. The apart outside of the the big event, obviously the Tour Championship, but we've got um, TP World Tour event in Cran Sur this week. Joe, your boy David Carey getting another start, which is good to see. Yeah, that's that's good. I don't know what the the bookies have him at. Um, I see Ewan is uh, 40 to 1 anyway. Um, I think Ryan Fox, Dave's, Dave's man, is, uh, is, is the favourite. Love the course. I think mm -hmm. a lot of the players always comment on it. The backdrop, the mountains, Swiss Alps. And it just, I think it's there every year. Yep. The, like, that's one of the courses that I can just remember watching, you know, since you're since you're a young lad watching watching golf um there was a there's been a couple of good ones there like matt fitz has won i think back to back there rory lost out of the playoff 2019 i think was there a five-man playoff um and the, the the swedish guy soderberg came out on top with uh with a couple of better names and i think Wiesberger kind of secured his his rider cup spot here last year not officially i think he did that at wentworth but he um he made a uh, good strides for it but yeah, really, really nice tournament. And actually coming into a nice stretch on the on the on the DP World Tour at the moment. We've got uh Wentworth coming up in a couple of weeks. And I think we're playing the the, the Ryder Cup course of next year, the the um Italian one, uh in a couple of weeks. I think that's that's on in a couple of weeks as well. So um yeah, it'll be it, it'll be interesting, uh interesting to see how this one goes. Yeah, it's the it, I think uh uh particularly um watching Paul Dunn's Instagram. Uh, when he goes to this course every year, like the pictures they take are absolutely scandalous of the course. It'll be, it'll be a nice unplayable trip. Um, but <laughs> no, I think uh, yeah, Ryan Fox. I remember looking at him at the start of the week again. He's just ultra solid. I think your man Rasmus Hogard, the Dane, um, is like I think it's a, it's a very weak field. Um, I guess in in comparison to to what it's going to be at Wentworth, um, I think that's Larry's next event, right? He kind of he's taking a he's taking a while off until then. Yeah. Um, no, he was uh, he was busy busy furniture shopping yesterday, so the lad needs a bit of bit of time off. So yeah, yeah we're commenting on that. Uh, also, see James Sugru is playing this week. The oh, is he? he won the amateur in Port Marnock a couple of years ago um so that'll be good to see him but yeah definitely one of the more iconic events on tour as you say cooper maybe uh an unplayable trip at some stage in the future oh, yeah. play the course or go to the event yeah and just as sorry joe was saying there on rome um i can't remember the name of the course actually either joe um but um for for all those applying for volunteer positions the email went out yesterday that they're super backlogged so the the dream is still alive to be there in a, a blue and yellow with a fucking paddle saying quiet please and heckling a few heckling a few yanks so yeah we'll see yeah, we'll see uh how many players that would normally earn their way onto the team will, will make 
get around it to see him. I suppose that's President's Cup coming up recently. That's going to hurt soon enough. That'll be an interesting one. Yeah, that uh, well, that promo they have with the live players at the moment is is going to backfire horrifically on them. What's that? Like, it's just a it's a picture of it's I don't know I think maybe there's seven players in it um, who have qualified for the Presidents Cup on the international team, and like I, I think when it originally came out, it's like three of them are hundred percent gone to live. <laughs> so uh, yeah, we'll we'll see how many of them survive i think matsuyama's on it and everyone thought he was going to go so he's obviously well hopefully not anymore but yeah it was a, a bit of desperate marketing from the, the president's cup um pr team but we'll see who, who who stands uh who stands tall afterwards yeah well there's no there won't be any cam smith a vancer won't be there an already weaker team at the internationals they're going to struggle against the americans if they're missing a few of their their big dogs um i think we're out of time lads unless there's any other business or final comments that's it for another week of unplayable we will catch you next time